Greetings and welcome to the second podcast of Third Party Radio. Civil society isn't just based on laws, it's based on following them. I'm your host, Josh Gorell. with a more scripted approach. Always my own worst critic. My first episode could have used a script. Rookie move. Uh, for anybody that did listen to it, um, I still cringe a little bit. I hope it was good. Uh, the ideas were good. And of course, all my episodes will be available for download uh, at any time. To start this show, I'm going to play a rant I did on October 6th of 2019. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but it's going to lead into my first subject. Fucking gardeners. Today's Sunday, and it's actually peaceful, quiet, restful. 48 days out of 365, 48 days, you are almost guaranteed days like today, a Sunday, peace and quiet. 90% guaranteed, maybe 80, because there's always some asshole doing a fucking garage shop project somewhere. But if that's all it was, then he's not an asshole or she. They're just having some fun and being artistic. Hats off. Enjoy. So if it's 48 days a year, the other 300 plus are noise filled with the constant whir of leaf blowers because that's gardening these days. Everybody wants to plant aesthetically pleasing plants in a Mediterranean climate that can support a vast array of food production. And you could share with your neighbors and everybody could eat bountiful fucking crops every year organically and with their neighbors, bringing joy and nutrition to the community. But instead, they put aesthetically pleasing plants all over the place that for some fucking reason need a goddamn haircut every fucking week. I mean... TMI, but I'm going to ask you a question. Do you trim your bush every fucking week? You dirty slut. But seriously, this fear of a leaf on the ground in your fucking yard that you never use because usually it's the most wealthy places that have gardeners come every fucking week to clean nothing because I don't know why. And the funniest part is, is that usually in most of those areas with those wealthy houses, with the lot of gardening that needs to be done, those people aren't even fucking at their house fucking 50% of the time because they're rich. They go places, they travel and Hey, good for you. My hat's off, but let's just now pull our heads out of our collective asses right now. Okay. <clears throat> Why don't we give ourselves I don't know, a lofty goal of 
150 days of peace and quiet. That's not half. I don't want to, you know, flip the script here and, you know, bonk everyone on their heads with this sudden and overly rational and completely wise fucking choice. Or we can just continue to have fucking guys fucking come up here and expel energy, their gas to get to the site, the gas and the fucking machinery they use to blow the fucking leaves and all the other energy and things that occur so that someone doesn't have to look out of the window that they never look out onto the yard that they never use. And they can just go to bed in the fucking hotel in Europe where they're at because they're not at their house and be rest goddamn assured. Oh, whew, I got a clean fucking yard. Now that rant was, uh, I think, involved a couple of drinks, uh, but it uh, was so raw and so real at the moment. Uh, I tend to... Uh, I've been told I tend to do some of my best work in that state, <laughs> or maybe I just think that's the case. Um, so yeah, leaf blowers, gas powered leaf blowers more specifically. So I live at the end of a cul-de-sac on the top of the hill where there are multi-million dollar houses below me. The other side of the house I live at is city parkland so in a in an entire 180 degrees on one side of the house it's literally protected parkland and the other 180 degrees is fucking rich people that do whatever they fucking want so the soundtrack to my life is leaf blowers and construction I recently viewed a short three and a half minute YouTube video from James Fallows, a staff writer for The Atlantic. In this video, he explains why leaf blowers are really a problem you may not know about. In it, he states that leaf blowers are a real safety hazard. The two stroke engines whip up winds of 200 miles an hour and create noise of up to 112 decibels. A normal conversation is at 60 decibels, and every 10-point increment on that scale doubles the previous recording. At 85 decibels, the cilia in the human ear becomes damaged. Once it's damaged, it doesn't come back. He explains it's like repeated blows to the head in boxing or NFL football. A 2017 study found that a quarter of Americans are suffering from hearing loss from the age of 22 to 60. Not exactly the time period of one's life to be suffering hearing loss, naturally. The sounds of the motors penetrate the walls and windows of other houses hundreds of yards away. Yep, that's verified. There are days I can't even have a fucking phone conversation in my house. Anywhere in it. I can tuck myself into the bottom recesses of this property and cannot escape the fucking leaf blowers. The saddest part about it all, the gardeners are the ones that will be affected most. Years of exposure will certainly lead to hearing loss experience later in life. 
This is the very face of racial and economic inequality operating daily in America. Few laws in Los Angeles are more blatantly disregarded and ignored than the ban on leaf blowers, gas-powered leaf blowers. Back in 1998, that's right, this ban became law 22 years ago. The gardeners and the landscapers protest its affront to the Latino working man like some kind of racism, which is a total fucking joke. This isn't about your ethnicity or some kind of hate towards you as a person. This is the residents of the states and cities that voted to ban your gas-powered leaf blowers. That is it. A friend of mine bought two electric leaf blowers for their gardeners, and they refused to use them. They want to keep using the blowers because it's the easiest way to appear to be working longer. It used to be the mow-and-go was gardening. Now it's the blow-and-go. It's insane. It's all they do. Sometimes I don't hear any other equipment other than that leaf blower. I mean, are you seriously paying up to $200 to have a guy blow your yard every week? The bottom line is they are wrong on so many levels, it's almost incomprehensible. And look at these properties. These huge palatial estates in the hills and in Beverly Hills and other rich areas. Let's just start with the excessive usage of water in a place like Los Angeles, a place that is a fucking desert, shamelessly trying to be a tropical jungle or the rolling hills of Ireland. Of course, the worst offenders are rich estates. Thousands of gallons of clean, drinkable water are poured into the private jungles of the wealthy. This creates such a bounty that the yards need a haircut and a style once a week. So you, you pour the water over it, it grows like mad, you cut it back every week. Insanity. I mean, let's just use a precious resource necessary for human survival in a completely irrational manner that glorifies your callous contempt for others and a total godlike appreciation of how just so fucking important you are. The only reason gardeners con people into using them every week is because it makes it even easier for them to do their jobs. I mean, how many leaves are actually dropping on a property, especially in a place like Los Angeles? They only came every other week. You would have maybe, <laughs> I guess technically you would have doubling of the refuse on the property. This... 1998 ban on gas-powered leaf blowers voted by the residents clearly to enact it into law. So how does that law get enforced, you ask? <laughs> it basically doesn't. There's a 311 app that connects residents in LA County directly from their smartphones. They can report on a number of things. But for some fucking reason, you can't report gas-powered leaf blowers. You have to call 311 and talk to a person. Sometimes after waiting for minutes to 10 minutes to 15 minutes at a time for an operator. Then they send a letter that most likely is categorically ignored by those receiving it. Hey, resident, 
Someone told us that you're using an illegal gas-powered leaf blower and you need to stop. Yeah, that works. Now, of course, because they do this every week at the same time on the same day, uh, you get to the next week after reporting it once and they send their letter. So I called. And at that point, since I was now uh, informing them of the same address that I had already reported the, the prior week, they said, uh, oh, we can't do anything anymore here. You need to call the enforcement line uh, directly and let them know so that they can dispatch somebody immediately. <laughs> this enforcement hotline shuts down at 3 p.m., so if people garden after 3 p.m., which many do, sometimes all the way to darkness in the picturesque sunsets, I have leaf blowers going. So if they're gardening after 3, they're never going to be stopped by this enforcement ever because I can't call them after 3 because they're closed. Oh, leave a message, you say? Well, that would be really easy. Can't do that. Don't know why. So, um, okay, so I report the violation one week. The following week, of course, they're repeat offenders because it's every week, every month, every year. And I have to rely on somebody dispatching from somewhere in L.A. County, ripping down the streets of clogged arteries of traffic to somehow get to the fucking property I'm reporting to find these people really anyway as always i will now propose a solution because that's what we do at third party radio we empower solutions number one limit all gardening with industrial equipment to twice monthly instead of the current four times a month do people really need their fucking yards cleaned every week absolutely fucking not you psychos number two Add a feature to the current 311 app for L.A. County that allows a person to snap a photo of the offending gardener vehicle with plates, a photo of the residents illegally operating the crew with address. Done! The message is time-stamped with day and time of offense. It just couldn't get any fucking easier. It's easy for me to report it. It's easy for them to read it and do what they need to on the city's end. And it's all recorded in an app. You can't make it any easier than that. And yet they can't do that. I don't know why. When I last spoke with an operator from the 311 hotline, he jokingly mentioned that other more pressing items are filling the city's agenda, like the global pandemic and the protesters. And that dispatching resources to go collect a $100 fine wasn't a priority. Are you fucking kidding me? The city needs money. Yesterday. I mentioned to him that a $100 fine at every offending house every day, every week, and every month would net millions for the city ASAP. The U.S. Census website states that as of July 1st, 2019... There are 3,579,329 house units in Los Angeles. Let's say half are gardening every week. Well, 
the city, if it was possible to bust every gas-powered leaf blower a week, would generate, are you ready for this? 178 million nine hundred and sixty six thousand dollars a week that's almost a quarter of a billion dollars it's like the city just wants us to work and pay taxes to fill their coffers while neglecting our democracy and vote by not enforcing a law we fucking voted for into effect 22 years ago yes the world is going insane at hyperspeed. Recycling. I'm sure by now most of you do it. And that's great. Or it was. Well, recycling is dead. Oh, you didn't get the memo? That's right. No matter how much you attempt to be a good citizen with proper recycling etiquette, it's all for naught. I recently watched an episode on SoCal Connected titled Life in Plastics, California's Recycling Woes. I suggest you all watch this. It's free with the PBS app, as much of PBS programming is in case you did not know that. I love binging classic Ken Burns myself. So what do I mean by recycling is dead? Well, for starters, China and other Asian nations have stopped buying our recycling. So bale after bale of sorted recycled material have filled the warehouses that would normally empty with typical frequency upon shipping the product overseas. Not anymore. Now the bales are heading off to landfills like all the rest of our trash. And get this, because the material is packed in tight bales, it actually takes longer to decompose than if it was just loose trash. Why would countries like China stop buying our recycled materials? One reason is it just isn't cost effective. It's cheaper to just make a new item from fresh raw materials. And we all know that the bottom line in capitalism is getting it done for cheaper at any cost. Did you know that most of the organizations that back and promote recycling programs are the industry giants that create the waste? Companies like PepsiCo, Coca-Cola created the Keep America Beautiful campaign back in 1953. The message? These companies don't create the waste. You do. So keep it clean, America. It's kind of like the whole guns don't kill people, people do. Same message, different skin. One of the worst corporate scum that spend millions on lobbyists and bullshit recycling schemes is a company called Dart. Dart is the largest maker of polystyrene and all things foam. The billionaire owner owns large parts of the Cayman Islands. If you don't recognize the name polystyrene, you certainly know the products. It's all those cups and takeout containers restaurants use. Polystyrene does not ever fully break down. Instead, dissolving into trillions upon trillions of tiny particle-sized plastic pellets that has become so prevalent in all parts of the world that a recent study found airborne plastics of this size literally everywhere on Earth. In an article published at the New York Times by John Schwartz on June 11, 2020, titled, 
Where's airborne plastic? Everywhere, scientists find. There's no nook or cranny on the planet where it doesn't end up, the lead researcher on a new study said. Let me just read you some of this. Plastic pollution isn't just fouling the world's oceans. It is also the air we breathe, traveling on the wind and drifting down from the skies, according to a new study. More than 1,000 tons of tiny fragments rain down each year on national parks and wilderness areas in the American West alone, equivalent to between 123 million and 300 million plastic bottles worth. There's no nook or cranny on the surface of the earth that won't have microplastics, said Janice Brawny, a Utah State University scientist who is lead author on the new study. It's really unnerving to think about. What do you do with that? The paper provided an answer of sorts, but not an easy one. The consequences to ecosystems are not yet well understood, but are inescapable in the immediate future. If the potential dangers posed by environmental microplastics are to be mitigated, the authors wrote, what will be required is nothing less than the engagement of the global community. Yeah, good luck with that one. The company Dart and the other axis of assholes like PepsiCo have all purposely misled consumers all over the world into believing that their products are recyclable. Dart went so far as to create a scheme called Home for Foam and depicted sites all over the state of California where a person could bring their foam to be recycled. Like consumers are that gun-ho about recycling that they'll drive miles away to properly dispose of foam. <laughs> the same people that won't even go to a local store to buy something will do this? <laughs> That's good. In the report on SoCal Connected, a reporter called all the sites listed as home for foam, and few even knew what she was talking about. And the ones that did said they've recycled no foam, and a couple weren't even legit sites, one being a finance company. The one site that is legit, costing millions to set up, have not found any buyers for the recycled foam, stating they're ready and waiting. The reporter asked, so you have no market? They replied, we're ready and waiting. The hack spokesman stated again. Did you know that polystyrene was a problem that needed to be addressed back in 1988 when then-mayor of Los Angeles Tom Bradley instructed usage of foam items only for takeout and not in the dining establishments as it so frequently was used? Yeah. 1988. In fact, if you start looking at recycling and environmental issues... These are all well known in the late 70s. And it's the same shit. And we keep doing nothing about it. In September of 2019, the LA City Council authorized a study to review the feasibility of banning polystyrene foam containers. The same study was requested in 2017. Lobbying by companies like Dart killed it both times. 
When I look at the blue containers that fill the streets alongside the black trash bins, I see nothing but a scam perpetuated on the American consumer. Everyone feels good about their recycling they're doing, so they feel good about consuming the shit that goes in them. I seriously wonder if companies like Dart fund the blue bin projects in various cities. Imagine, if you will, that nothing is getting recycled. Well, you don't have to. It isn't. I think the cities should remove the blue bin so people can see the truth. The more you consume, the more shit you're throwing into landfills, the oceans, and now the air. That places this shit all over the planet. Literally. The bottom line in recycling is don't consume the shit in the first place. Will this happen? Probably not. When I see how people have reacted to the COVID pandemic, a virus that has killed over a million people worldwide in three months, I would say definitely not. More and more, I feel like the planet is lost to the careless, thoughtless, capitalistic desires of consuming bitches. Will humans destroy the earth? Absolutely, yes. It's not will we destroy the earth, but rather we are and will. The human race is like a smoker diagnosed with lung cancer throwing their arms up. Oh well, I like smoking and it's too late for me, so I'll just keep smoking. I believe we just need to manage our situation like the chronic disease we are. When I look at the gas-powered leaf blower ban and the total disregard for the law, I conclude it's the canary in the coal mine. If a single city cannot enforce a law voted by the people that actually diminishes air and audio pollution, then what fucking hope does the planet have with bigger issues? My proposed solution to the recycling problem? Number one, pull the blue bins off the street. Take them away from the houses and buildings so it alerts the people that there is no recycling happening at the moment. The false hope they display at the moment will end very badly. You can bring them back if we ever do start recycling again. Number two, here's the hard one. A social message in a capitalistic fever. <laughs> Stop consuming so much, period. Of course, this goes against any progress, and progress makes the stock market go up. It's also a drug. When has places like America ever cared for the addicts in its society? Number three. Ban polystyrene yesterday. Nothing more should ever need to be said about this. It's just fucking wrong on so many levels. Ban most foams altogether. I really encourage everyone to think boldly and activate intelligently because our world depends on us correcting the human problem as soon as possible or we will destroy the planet more and to the point of no return. If you have children, you shouldn't even be thinking twice about taking action yesterday. Lastly, I also encourage everyone to watch Planet of the Humans, a film by Jeff Gibbs and produced by Michael Moore. In just over five weeks' time, it had over 8 million views on YouTube, where anyone can watch it for free. If this was a theatrical release, it would be one of the top-grossing documentaries of all time. The film is so dangerous to certain interest groups that they had it pulled down over some bullshit copyright claim over four seconds of video. They didn't want you watching it, 
similar to companies like Dart not wanting you to vote on a ban of their products. This is corporate censorship on democracy. Thankfully, and justly so, Planet of the Humans was put back up on YouTube recently, so please, please watch this documentary. Do it for the children. That concludes the second episode of Third Party Radio. Thank you again for dedicating a moment of your time. I am truly honored and hope I gave good podcast. I'm Josh Gorell, and I look forward to hearing you listen next time. Mm-hmm.